And look at Lizzie. She can't even tell you who the father of her child is. How are you going to make that right, Claire? Mrs. Bijou, Madame Fraser, Claire. Beautiful vibe. I believe that you have secrets, Claire. Now you're going to rub it in the smell the vapors of hell. Madame Darkness, Madame. Darkness is where I'm going to You've seen me. You've seen me die. You can come out now, Claire. They say I'm awake. Wait, wait. No, I'm so talking about. Don't mind me if I allow a lady to sleep out with a militia. I call dark lights. I will slit her throat, I swear. You haven't told the truth about her. This is you trespass, Matt. You only have yourself to blame for this. Oh, Claire, I can't believe it. Claire, you All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to Outlander on Stars. Welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. And ladies and gents, you want to do ghost apparitions? Yep. This is the way to do it. This right here, Jamie Payne, just throwing that out there, mm-hmm. killed it. Just, and like, I'm, I'm sorry for the for the pun there, but like, uh, yeah, absolutely. This, this is the way to do it. You want to bring in, you want to get weird? Get weird. Don't don't do the whole like oh fade in and all that other no 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 put them in the background let it let it be out of focus don't don't do the whole thing I I just I oh man this is great what 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 are you doing oh some people are saying it's still freezing okay well I mean there's nothing I can do about it okay. right. <laughs> nothing okay. I can do about it this is the beauty of live podcasting okay um. I mean, if it's, if it's, it's fine, if it, I just want to let you know. Okay, if it's freezing on 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 Facebook, um, it's freezing. I I don't know. There's okay. not, there's nothing I can do. Okay. <laughs> no worries. So we have a recap. Yes. Uh. uh oh. Um, wait. No, I don't have it. I, uh, messenger. So um, I do want to let you all know that this, of course, is the penultimate episode. This is yet another short season. <laughs> super short season of Outlander. Uh, we do have have a lot of hope, though, because next season, season seven, is going to be um, very long. So we've got a lot to look forward to. But of course, this upcoming Sunday in real time is going to be the finale episode. And there's a lot to digest and go into in this episode. I feel like a lot of things that have been laid out throughout this entire series are now kind of being pulled back in, which was really cool. And I am very much so looking forward to this week's listener feedback. So I do want to make sure that if you're listening now, there is still time to submit your voicemails and to submit your feedbacks, as I know that you all have a lot to say <laughs> about everything that happened in this episode. So you can just go to maryandblake.com. 
and click on the uh, SpeakPipe voicemail feature. Leave us a message. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And maybe your message will be on the next podcast episode. So that, of course, is very exciting. So we were fortunate enough to have our beloved OutlanderCast staff member, Angela Hickey, write a recap about this past episode. But I do want to give a shout out to all of our friends at um, and bloggers and staff at OutlanderCast. They are continuing to pump out amazing content every single week. Just go to Outlander cast.com you're going to see all of the latest blog posts just kind of you know keeping you on your toes and delving into all sorts of the fandom <laughs> oh, all right you ready to do the mini recap here yeah. all right good here we go all right this one uh brings a psychological thriller a murder mystery and a wee bit of kink lizzie's been getting jiggy with both the beards mm-hmm. Liz, and here comes thruple we cold open with a flashback of Mal was speaking to the church with visual cues of the crucible. This opens, this open reveals a theme, perception versus reality. And as she speaks, we cringe, knowing how everyone there will surely see her death. The writers brilliantly crafted this scene, and the direction and the photography were stellar. Jessica Reynolds is superb. Make sure you rewatch the scene when it is all revealed. It also introduces the theme of the title, Labels Pepper, the episode including Demon, Angel, Bastard, Murderous, Witch, Hua, and Crazy. <laughs> and after the credits, we drop into the gruesome garden scene with the Malvis surrounded by Jamie, Claire, Tom, and Alan. An emotional Alan covers the bodies and lays, Im- and, and lays implied accusation toward a very distraught Claire. Tom wants to know if she died quickly. Rather than gratitude she didn't suffer, he condemns her. She was a whore Hua, and who died before she could confess. She should be buried in the woods with her bastard. Claire and Jamie are horrified, and Jamie pulls rank. My land, my way. She will have proper funeral and be buried in the consecrated ground. Uh, sorry, I just lost my place. There we go. Um, but, 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 where, where, are, where are we here? There we go. Tom looks at Claire and says, what are we going to do? Stand up and say about her then, eh? Claire replies that Malva Christie was full of life and light. A view of Malva that Tom lightly never saw. As Claire prepares the body, we see Claire's trauma and hallucinations have a hit break have hit a breaking point, and writer Daniel Barrow once again takes us inside the mind of a character and uses a visual element to demonstrate psychological fracture and struggle to cope. You may remember the signature with the Roger in her last episode, famous last words. Claire's inner demons take the form of Lionel Brown, clearly taunting her throughout the episode, and Malva's murder and fear of her role in it has spiraled Claire into a very shattered place. Years of guilt compound in Lionel's voice to bring the trauma from all six seasons into focus, and it all stems from those touching, touching those stones in 1945. And let's face it, when you look at all that's happened since that moment, any human would need copays for life. Amen. And as the episode unfolds, her fracture spreads, seeing she sees Lionel taunting her everywhere, even when she's relieved to learn it was Lizzie, not Malva. At the door when she passed out, Lionel is still there. And eventually she can't tell what's real. It's heart uh rending to see Claire heart wrenching to see Claire so broken. And meanwhile, Jamie is off fighting accusations as Crombie and Henderson each pay a visit to stir the pot. And the Frasers are pariahs and viewed with scorn at the funeral. Alan shoots down Jamie's help with the casket. And when Claire carries the baby's casket left alone at the altar, Alan rips it off from her hands and goes off. The family comes together to figure out who done it, Perry Mason style. And she finds herself, uh, let's see, the Beardsley boys, malaria attack in 605. That slippery ointment led to dark, curly, surrounding four raisin wrinkled paps before her very eyes. <laughs> And she finds herself pregnant and, who lo- and loves them both. She can't pick one, and after all, it's really one soul and two bodies. What's the problem anyway? The problem is one James Fraser, who has zero tolerance for this added scandal. 
He makes them draw stars and straws, and Kezzy wins. Jamie handfasts him that night and tells Joe to leave the ridge until the baby is born. Problem solved. Hashtag not. The threesome <laughs> will not be denied and concoct a plan to outfox Jamie. They wake up the Max and tell them that Lizzie's with child and will Roger to oversee their handfasting with Joe. Roger plans to be minister, and the Max will be leaving in the morning to see about ordination. Bree, charmed at Lizzie's and Joe's love and thrilled for Roger to do his first wedding, convinces Roger to agree upon the spot. <laughs> yes. Score! Lizzie will have her identical two birds in the bush. The episode climaxes in an incredible scene between Jamie and Claire. He catches her panicked in fear, cowering from surgery. Claire says he won't believe her, but finally opens the floodgates of her trauma in a heartbreaking and beautiful scene. Many echoes to Claire's reveals to Jamie and the Devil's Mark. Jamie's reconnection to Claire and the Tarantum of Man's soul, as well as their final scenes in faith. Claire shares all the pain with her selfish love for him has caused, but Jamie shows her all the joy, and it's also brought. Without you, our world crumbles to dusts. Enter. He tells them to let in instead to turn to Ether, just as he did after Wentworth. As they embrace, we all enter a deep sigh of relief. However, that relief is very short-lived after the backs leave. A thunder of hooves foreshadow though the next storm. The Jabroni gang has come in full force to request to arrest Claire for the murder. The murder. Murder. <laughs> all right, so that is the recap. All right, ready to uh, get into the episode, my love? Yes, I am. All right, let's do it. All right, Marvin, so the title of this one was Sticks and Stones, as was said earlier. The writer was Daniel Barrow. Now, Daniel Barrow is uh, an interesting, interesting figure in Outlander, the show right now. Okay. An interesting figure because she started off in 2016 as an historian for the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... She graduated to being the executive producer's assistant. Awesome. And then she graduated to being Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia's assistant, specifically. And then she became a staff writer in 2020. And then she started writing tele- uh, the actual episodes in 2020 as well. She their, Her first episode was Famous Last Words. And now her second episode is this episode. So a very interesting trajectory for someone. Now, why do you think it's interesting? Versus she put in the work and time and... Oh, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's interesting, right? Like, it's... Um, I like the way that this works, right? Is like to go from being a, an historian to being an assistant to then being becoming part of a staff writer. Like it's just a cool trajectory for somebody mm-hmm. to take and to to get into the world and be like, okay, this is this is what I'm doing now. And, and she went from being just a, an executive producer assistant to being like specifically Matt Roberts and Tony Graffia. And then she became a staff writer. And now, you know, and then from there, think of that too. Like when you become a staff writer, then you become uh, an executive, uh, then you become a story editor and then you become an executive story editor. And then you become a, a writer and then you become a co-producer. Like that whole project tra- trajectory is just such a cool like it shows you the path that you can undertake yeah. 
when you want to break into this world. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go to, you know, uh, USC or um, NYU to be like to get like this great, huge writing degree to become a, a, a writer on television. Mm-hmm. You can be, you can be a historian and then you can become a, a, an assistant. You can be a PA, and then all of a sudden you become a staff writer, and then you do the whole. Then you do the whole thing, right? So, just an interesting trajectory. By the way, the two episodes that she has as a writer are interesting episodes. I mean, famous last words. That is an interesting, and I keep using that. Um, I, I keep using um, that phrase, but like, what a cool. Um, like the, both episodes use utilize these really cool um, conceits, you know, whether it is the uh, like the what's it called the, the, the silent movie aspect of famous last words, or you know this aspect here with all of the ghost apparitions. Mm-hmm. Really cool stuff, man. I agree. Uh, so I. Credit where credit is due. And then the director was Jamie Payne. Jamie Payne has directed Free Will, The Company We Keep, Journey Cake, Never My Love, and obviously this episode as well. Awesome sauce. So that is that, Marvin. I love um, that. So we're going to jump into some kill ratings. Oops, sorry. I um, hit the wrong. friends are still Okay, well. I don't know if it would be best to like start and restart. So. Uh, no, we're, we're not going to start and restart. Okay. I just want to make sure that your audio then isn't getting weird. It's not. Okay. Um, so kill rating time. Blake, what do you got for your kilt rating for this episode? I'm going to give this episode a four or five. Oh. Um, there is so much I love about this episode. And yet, on the other hand, there is so much I don't like um, oh. that it, like, if if this if this one aspect of the show, the episode that I did not like was not here, mm-hmm. I'd be giving a much better rating. Okay. Um, because what it does well, it does extraordinarily well and man love it just love the part that i love agreed uh what do you got for your kilt rating my i'm love? giving it a 4.8 i think i'm right there with you in the sense that i liked a lot of it and what they did well was exceptional and there was just a part that i was meh about but when I have a little part that makes it meh, I only bring it down a little bit, unlike Blake, who brings it down by 0.5. <laughs> so I totally get it. So 4.8. All right. What do you got for your GBG, Marvin? You're good, you're bad, and you're great. My good is all of the haunting that takes place in this episode. Um, you know, it really culminates all of the seasons that we had. I loved hearing everybody's voices and just to see how consumed Claire is now with, with all these memories that she has going mm-hmm. on real and not real. My bad, um, isn't anything bad about this episode per se. Mm-hmm. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, was actually, I just felt badly for Claire. I felt badly that she takes on all this weight. You can tell she's in a very depressive state for her to say, like, all of this is all my fault. The things that happened to Brie and all these people coming here back, uh, from the future. This is all my fault. None of this would be happening. People wouldn't be perishing. Like, all these different things are because of me. And so it just stinks because I feel like we all go through phases like that in our lives, maybe not to the degree that Claire is going through, but we all go through phases in our lives where we sit there and we say, the cause and effect, like I was the cause for much badness for not just me, but for my family, for other people that I care about. And um, I just feel badly for her that she's taking that on. 
And then my great is that Claire came clean to Jamie about the ether. Mm -hmm. I was nervous how this was all going to play out, of course, over this season. Like, was he going to find out? Was he going to feel like he couldn't trust her? You know, there's so much trust that is kind of going into the whole Malva Jamie situation uh, that Claire and Jamie had to address. And so I didn't know if that was going to be some kind of a mirror, that there was going to be another trust issue between mm -hmm. Jamie and Claire. And I was really happy with actually how this played out, that she was able to express, I'm suffering greatly and this is something that I've been doing to cope and I'm even embarrassed about that but this is how bad it is and rather than Jamie be incredibly upset with her and judging her and putting her down and being mad um, it really comes from a place of compassion mm -hmm. and I think that in that day and time you know for, for Claire to be able to kind of come clean about the mental struggles and emotional struggles that she's going through it really shows how deep and caring of a person Jamie is you know mm -hmm. the, the protector uh, Taurus side really comes out as he's also you know just recently dealt with the depression and an attempt sadly um, from Fergus and so Jamie is really saddling on himself um, and needing to take care of these family members who are doing really um, damaging things to themselves throughout their pain. And so I was thankful how that all went out. How about you? What's your GBG? Uh, all right. My good um, is the shots of the ether mask that Jamie Payne uses. Mm -hmm. It reminds me quite a bit of the scenes with Willem Dafoe in the Spider-Man movies when he's looking at the goblin mask as it's talking to him. Okay. I loved what, I love the choice that they make where it's almost like the ether mask is speaking to Claire, mm -hmm. but it's Lionel Brown's voice. Yep. And it's Lionel that's haunting her, but it's actually the ether that's haunting her at the same time. Mm -hmm. And she, like it is the ether, the mask itself is a physical representation of all the things that are actually really bad with what Claire is going through. Mm -hmm. And they're using it as a character in this yes. episode. That is so amazing. Agreed. Because yes, we've looked at the ether mask as this, I don't want to say addiction, but we've looked at it as this crutch that has prevented Claire from being the person that she ought to be. It's this thing that like, it's it's this object that Claire keeps going back to that she shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. But when you turn it around and you use it as a character that is taunting Claire, not and haunting, but really specifically taunting her, man, what a great way to project um, a feeling and uh, like just something that really moves a character. Yes. Like because like why is Claire doing it? Why is and that what the why is important. And the why has been a huge source of discord throughout the fandom. Why is Claire doing this? Claire wouldn't do this. And so you're right. It kind of just like pulled it together. This is why she's doing this. Yeah, right. This is how bad it is for her. Right. Um, so whether or not you agree that that your version of Claire would have been doing that all along. I think that it kind of shows you this is why they have chosen for yeah. show Claire to have made this choice. And I think it, here here's my other assessment. If you disagree that Claire wouldn't do this, then you're on Planet Zippy. You just did a double negative. If you disagree that Claire wouldn't do this, 
I'm sorry. If you dis sorry, yeah. If you disagree that Claire would would take the ether and do the whole thing, mm-hmm. you're on Planet Zippy. Okay, well that's really rude. No, it's not rude. It's just the truth. Some people the way that the show has framed this, and uh, the way that the show has framed her character. That's why I'm saying you need to call it show Claire. You know, I think that it's important because people have had Claire to themselves without a show for very long and have had um, what they may think is their authentic Claire. So I like to make sure that there's a a differentiation that show Claire has shown you many times why she needed, why she chose to use. Well, and this is the episode that ties it all together. Exactly. this is every. This is the like. If uh, uh, well, let's let's put it this way. If after this episode you cannot see the value of what Show Claire is going through and why she's doing what she's doing, you're on Planet Zippy. Says Blake. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, no, the way the way that nerds, this. I think that I'm actually someone, wearing my stats of shirts, yes, nerds shirt. Saying someone is on Planet Zippy based upon your opinion. I'm just saying that you need to clarify. You can't just say. Because they feel differently than you that well, they're yeah. wrong. No, no, but you like can... uh, the show Claire is different than book Claire. It is what it is. Correct. They're, they're two separate entities. Correct. Right. Fact. So when you're watching the show. But if someone has their own opinion about Claire using ether. In the book, whether or not, But whether or not they're a book fan. People can still have their own opinions without being on Planet Zippy. I'm just saying that that phrase, I think, is a little condescending for people who are allowed to have opinions about things. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it is. I'm also allowed to have my opinion. And my opinion is that the way that the show has pulled this full circle is breathtaking. Agreed. And because of that, (laughs) if you can't see the argument for it, then that's a problem. With you. I just, I think logically that's a problem. I just think you're rude sometimes <laughs> about people having different opinions. All right, my my bad. <laughs> my, this, well, this is what we're here for. I know. I'm just saying you can word things a little kinder. This is what I'm. <laughs> this is what I'm here for is to clean up your mess. <laughs> All right, so my bad. The Lizzie Thruple. Out, 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 <laughs> out, out. Couldn't be any more out. Uh, oh. Oh, couldn't be any more out in the Lizzie Thruple. Don't care. I don't like crossing shows. I I don't. You know what? I I kind of make it a. You kidding? We have all these different sound cues. I know, but I, you know what? I I don't I don't like I don't like uh, I don't like crossing shows like show references necessarily. But hashtag who are they? Okay. Hashtag who are they? Can I can I give you give you something? What? I knew this was going to be your bad because you talked about it greatly. Yeah. This is what brought it down four point. 4.8. We have not had enough investment in Lizzie to appreciate that she's in a thruple. Right. To care. Honestly, I'm just like, you do you, boo. Right. Like, whatevs. Well, okay, sure. You want to go bang two dudes at the same time? Like, Jamie, do you really need to waste energy in worrying about this? Yeah, like. You got other things. Who freaking cares? I, I still can't even tell the, the difference between Joe and Kezi. Is that the jo- yeah. Josie? Josie, that's right, Josie. Probably people on the ridge have no idea, so she could get away with it. And like, this is, the funny thing is, is that the, epi- the, the, the scene between Claire and, and Lizzie comes at the midpoint of the episode, mm-hmm. where it's like, the, that is the emotional <laughs> like fulcrum of the episode, yeah. and it's like, Listen, Lizzie's happy. We're about to have a revolution. YOLO, unless you're Claire Fraser. Okay? YOLO. Just don't care. 
I just don't care. I agree. I don't think enough time and emotional investment has been made into this threat. If there, here, here's what here's the thing I'll say. If there was, if this was a bigger season, if this was, you know, a, a normal episode order. So let's call it thirteen episodes. Then I would say, all right, maybe there's some room in there. If we had the emotional investment of like Marsley. You know, like we're all like, oh, we love Marsley. She's so great. If we cared about Lizzie more, then it'd be a bigger thing. Obviously, she and Bree are really close, but do we see that? No. They're, Aside they're... from them walking by the river and looking at bones? No. Right. And and like, again, so the other argument that I have too, well, not argument, but like the other thing that I have is, okay, well, all right, that's my bad. But then how do you, <laughs> how... The the opposite of that, like the the um, what's it called the the devil's advocate, right? Is all right. Well, then how do you get time to invest into someone like Lizzie? Well, you actually got to spend time with her. Correct. But you don't do it this way, right? You don't make a a major a, conflict, a, a, a huge conundrum out of something that you just don't care about. But like it's like the biggest thing ever to Jamie and Claire, and like how are we going to handle this? And like it's even mentioned. From Lionel to Claire. Well, how are you going to make this right, Claire? Like, what are we doing? Agreed. There, there's no emotional we weight. We got bigger fish to fry yeah, like, on the ridge. Let's like let, let's, let's figure actually... out who Malva was murdered by. There's a murderer <laughs> walking around, uh, and everybody's just like Lizzie and like Josiah, Cassie. And the the scene between Jamie, uh, a murderer. The scene between Claire and Lizzie. It was like five minutes long. They spent an enormous amount of time on this ridiculous plot line. When the purge on the ridge is happening, somebody is just going slitting necks. Yeah. What are we, like the purge? Literally think, the do purge. Do you think they have locks on all those doors? So, and I'm married. They just find the sin eater <laughs> with his fingers no, chopped off. <laughs> and everybody's just like, yeah. Oh. Let's marry these two blokes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let, <laughs> I, I want to put a pin in this conversation because okay. I do want to have. I don't it. even want to have a pin in this conversation. No, no, because I do want to have a. a lo- I want to. I want to zoom out a little bit. Okay. I want to have a macro conversation about okay. this. Uh, but my great, uh, my great is absolutely one hundred percent guaranteed. Jamie Payne. Ooh. Jamie Payne, the director of this episode. He's an adult. He's an adult at the table. Yes, he is. An and adult. he's an adult at the table the same way that Anna Forster was an adult at the table. Um, I just, I, I cannot, if I can't have Anna Forster directing Outlander the way that I want her to direct every single episode of Outlander, then I want Jamie Payne directing every single episode of Outlander. Because he gets it. He gets it. He gets, he... He's an adult. He is a great, great director. He's wearing big boy pants uh, when when it comes to when it comes to directing, uh, and I, I trust me, <laughs> trust me. Outlander has has had some good directors, and uh, they everyone tries to do good work, but you know, like I said when we watched Malva get up on the tippy toes, you know, good TV when you see it. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Payne is good TV. Agreed. Just like Anna Forster was good TV. Agreed. And like j- just the way that they began the episode with with Lizzie 
not Lizzie, uh, Malva with the confession or or the the whole thing at the church and the canted angles uh, of how these things were shot. Even when Claire is uh, washing her hands, the canted angles, uh, you know, giving you a sense of unease and instability. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the stuff with Lionel Brown, how he's in the background and he's out of focus and sometimes he's talking, sometimes he's not, but his voice is always ever present. He's just staring over Claire and his voice is there. Um, also like, oh, you know, there was the scene that really got me where I, where, where I was like, okay, Jamie Payne gets it is when Claire goes to drink the whiskey or whatever it was, she pulls the bottle top off and the bottle top, she puts it on the table (laughs) and it just sits there and shakes. Yes. And he, and the camera is just on it and she's drinking and you hear the sound and I'm like, Oh, it makes you wonder yes. if that you know that wasn't necessarily planned, and he just let it ride. Yep, yep. Just like they they were like, oh no no, don't do that. He's like, no, keep that. Yes, that is special. Like yes, 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 yes. All a yes, Agreed. and that is why I give this episode a four five because Jamie Payne brings it to the level that that prevents the Lizzie stuff. From making it like a three, yeah. See what I'm saying? Like ja- Jamie Payne is the is the person, and obviously you know Claire. All the Claire uh, stuff. All the Claire. No, but like but Jamie Payne is the one. It. Jamie Payne is the one that captures it. So like obviously Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen, they all act great and whatever. But it is the directing, just the same thing that like Never My Love. Like Never My Love was such a cool episode because it did things that you hadn't seen on Outlander before. Yes. And you really haven't seen this kind of stuff on Outlander before. Yeah, they've been getting funky. I love the Since weird. Last season. Give Agreed. me all the weird. Yeah. Give me all the funky. Do do different things. Mm-hmm. Do special things. Do things where you take the risk. Like the the dream sequence that I didn't like with Claire a couple of episodes ago, whatever it was. I didn't like it. But you know what? Risk. Give me the risk. Give me something different that uh, I haven't seen. And Jamie Payne is the is the guy that I want directing every Outlander episode ever again if I can't get Anna Forster because Anna Forster is my favorite. Uh, and uh, the, I'm take bunkered on that. That will never change. So that is that, uh, Marvin. Um, so let's – I want to I wanna come back to the conversation a little bit that we were having, Mary. The Lizzie one? The Lizzie one. Oh, it's not worth my time. Um. Well, no, it is. And it's not specifically about Lizzie. It's just creative choices from the show. Okay. That I want to talk about. Because, like, now that we're in the penultimate episode, now that we're here, you can see how they crafted the season. And they crafted the season around this thing, which is Malva. And they were like, okay, what what is the what is the trajectory? Malva sh- the Christy show up, Malva's like Malva weird, mm-hmm. and then she accuses Jamie, and then Claire gets taken by the Jabronis. And then we're probably gonna get like some kind of cliffhanger at the end of the season to to bring us into the next season. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can see where they, they where they said, okay, if we're gonna do eight episodes, how are we gonna how are we gonna craft this? How are we gonna structure it? And this is the structure. But since there's only eight episodes, 
the, the is there enough focus on the Christies and how that relates to the Frasers? Or are we spending too much time with things like Ian? And are we spending too much time with things like freaking Lizzie and the Thrupple? Good question, Blake. Um, I will challenge you that Ian is part of the Frasers, that you know we have dedicated a good amount of time to the next generation to really flesh out this family that Jamie and Claire have created. And I think that that really hits the poignancy, you know, as Claire has that depressive kind of meltdown about all of this is my fault. Look at all the people that I've, that I've hurt Mm -hmm. and brought along the way. Um, So I don't mind spending time on the rest of the family members. Um, I think that this was a very difficult choice that the team had to make in regards to where do we draw the line um, they covered a lot of this book in the last season. I will say that too, mm-hmm. that there are things that they kind of shifted around a bit. Um, so I think that that was now a wise choice seeing how they kind of placed, paced some things in that regard. So I do feel like at this point, you know, we've really just stayed on the ridge. Yeah. We've Which go- I like. We've gone, we've gone off every once in a while. So it's just been this really hyper-focused season. Yeah. So I don't mind that we've spent time getting to be with the family a bit more. I like being with the family. I like that the stakes, I mean, while they're high, they're not, they're not like monumental, right? They're not in your face. We're, we're not changing the world. <laughs> you know the way that things like tried to happen in season in season one or two. Yeah, the thruple isn't. Let's change the history of time. Right. So I like that the. I'm a fan that the show decided. Okay, we're going to keep. We're going to stay small. And again, you can see where they said. Okay, what what is the. The main through line of this season, and that. When you look at it from the whole, is me- Claire's mental health. Agreed. What a fascinating structure for this episode. Especially at this oh, point. For this season, rather. Yeah, you think about everything that Claire has gone through, which we get those little um, highlights of. We get all those voices reminding us of all the things that she's gone through all this time. And so for us to have not necessarily... I mean, we joke like, all oh, the co-pays, but... For, for us to to now really dive deep into what decades long of um, upheaval and trauma has done to this person is an interesting take. Mm-hmm. As we've just joked, like Claire would frequently um, drink, you know? Yeah. Pre-ether, especially in the earlier seasons. Yep. We had the hashtag Sassanok wasted, um, which we would kind of joke about, but really... I think it was an interesting choice to go down this route to really dive deep into emotions of not just Claire, but also also Fergus, also Ian, also Bree. Yeah. Um, Katie Oaken here, or Oka, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, so I apologize, on Facebook. She says, they jumped to the highlights of the book. They said they would be morbidly explained in season seven, which is fine with me. My question to you, Mary, is when you're telling a, a, a story over a season's arc, even if it's eight episodes... Should you be reliant on the fact that you're going to explain more in season seven? Or should you just tell a, a, a hyper-focused story about Claire's mental health? And the reason why I say this 
is because I think back to The Leftovers Season 2. Leftovers Season 2 was literally, I think, a perfect season of television. And it was all about Kevin's mental health. Mm -hmm. And it was actually very similar where, you know, hashtag spoilers, but if you haven't watched it yet by now, then you're never going to watch it. Patty is haunting him the same way that Lionel Brown is haunting Claire. Mm Mm-hmm. But that that season of epi- that of television was specifically focused on his mental health and how that affected people around him. Do you do you think the show should have stayed more specific to Claire's mental health? No. Because we have been given these little facets all along. And I'm fine with it leading into season seven. They Mm -hmm. know they're going into season seven. Most shows, you know, if they know that they have something coming up, they do say the story's not over. I get to keep going. Yeah. So I'm fine with how they did it. Um, Yeah. I I just, I I think my, my question is, because we only have eight episodes, are we spending too much time on things that are like just that are too much build up for season seven? But regardless, what I do love is the fact that again that the show makes a choice to make the ether a character in this episode. They choose to make this thing that haunts Claire a real tangible object for us to see and to give us a, a little bit of transference, if you will. Because it's both the thing that Claire needs to like move forward, mm-hmm. but it also, it's also the thing that is taking Claire and making her, oh, giving her some ugliness. You know, I think it's interesting because um, it's not a happy season. Mm-hmm. There are a few moments here or there, particularly between Jamie and Claire. And their relationship and their like little moments in bed and things like that that bring levity. Adso brings levity. But for overall, this is a pretty dark season. And I applaud Outlander for saying we have the time mm-hmm. to do this where we can. People have dark years. People have dark seasons in their lives where things just aren't working out right, where they have to digest and work on their trauma. And I feel like that's what this season is allowing us, the realistic part of that. Yep. Um, so I, I'm happy with how they did it. I really am. I think that if it was all Claire's trauma, we'd be like, we get it already. But to understand the complexity that the other young adult characters are going through mm-hmm. has been really refreshing. Uh, did now I know you've read the books, so obviously you know the answer. And I think as viewers, we can all suss out the answer that Claire did not kill Malva. Like It just didn't happen. Because if she did, first of all, if she did, it would be really interesting. I would really like to have seen that. Well, and she ends up telling herself too, oh, I didn't, because then, because, of course, it's yeah. Lizzie knocking on the door. Right. But what I like that the show did is that Lionel is the one that is quite literally quite literally a representation of depression where everything you're telling yourself is bad and everything you're telling yourself is your fault. And he is calling her sanity into question saying, well, you you killed her 
and you, it's not like you haven't done it before to protect Jamie. It's not like you know you're you're above this. You swore to do no harm, and actually, you know what? You've killed people before. <laughs> so are we really above killing Malva here? Oh man, I love that the show, even though. Even though I think as viewers, again, we know that Claire didn't do it. And again, we know that, you know, if Claire did it, it would be interesting. But then would I think that would make, I'm not sure if that would make her unforgivable if she killed Malva. But the fact that Lionel can call it out and 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 and... Add that self-doubt. Add that self-doubt because it's not for us as the viewer, it's for Claire. Do you see like do you see the difference? Yes. But we get to go through that with her, which is an exciting not exciting, but it's an interesting thing to go through that with her, with us knowing she didn't do it. But to see that self-doubt. Because we've all had those things. Did I make the right choice? Mm-hmm. You know? Did I, I miss something? That is an aspect. Granted, not on murder level, hopefully. Right. But. That's an aspect that the, I didn't think the show would go there. I didn't think the show would have Lionel and, and thereby, I guess, Claire put her own um, sanity. I, yeah, sanity and like, but innocence on trial, like internally. I just love. I really do love what they've done with Lionel Brown in this season. Like, as much as I didn't like it last season, I love it this season in this episode because he is a manifestation of her depression mm-hmm. and all and in her trauma. All the things that have come out, it, it, it's, it's just her way of manifesting that depression. Man, so good. Because all the things that he's saying, like, you know, if you've been depressed, if you... You, the listener, if you suffer from depression, uh, like I have or, or Mary has, you know, like the things that he is saying. You think you think about yourself. You may not visualize a person saying it to you, but agreed. And you know what it saved us? It saved us from voiceovers. Yes. It and- saved us from. And then I was wondering, did I do it? I had met it before. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think, and then, oh, even when, even when she finds out that it was Lizzie knocking at the door and it wasn't Malva, right? Mm -hmm. When she tries to go to bed and forget about it all, he, Lionel, is sitting there with that cold white light on him, (sighs) just sitting with cross-legged, staring at her. (sighs) Oh. I just listen. I I get it if you don't like the whole Lionel Brown th- Lionel Brown thing. Um, I get it if you don't like the ether thing. Like it, that's that's your choice. But I'm telling you, the way that they handled Lionel Brown in this episode was, was superb, brilliant. just superb. Because yeah, just because all of a sudden Claire recognizes, oh, it, it wasn't Malva, it was Lizzie. That doesn't mean that her trauma and her depression. Is gone. Magically goes away. Oh, yay. Wee. I didn't do it. Yay. Everything's better now. Wrong. You know, (laughs) what I really loved is someone like I suffer from anxiety. um, And one of the ways that I've explained it to Blake before he had gone through 
um, anxiousness and, and depression big time himself before he could really realize what it was like in an anxious brain. I used to tell him it's like someone has a TV clicker. And that TV clicker controls the thoughts in my brain and it's constantly changing the channels. So even when you're able to rationalize something to yourself, no, I didn't kill Malva or no, I'm not a bad mom. Right. The TV clicker changes to something else that is um, is tough for you. And so I loved having all those voices continue to pop up. It reminded me of that TV clicker. Think about this. Think about that. Think about this. Think about that. And um, I just, I loved that visual and and audio representation. Yep. Martina Pryor here on Facebook. She says, it's a great device to deliver for her inner thoughts and fears, although I hated him showing up constantly. That's the point. (laughs) That's the point. Because when you get to that point with your anxiety or depression, it doesn't stop. Yeah, and you hate it. Yeah. You hate the fact that you feel like this. You hate yourself for feeling like that. And it just puts you into even more of a spiral. And the fact that the show can make you feel that way just through a character is a perfect representation of what that character represents. Mm -hmm. And having said that, that is a Marion Blake commandment for a reason. Doesn't matter if the show is good or bad, according to a critic, or even if I say it's bad or good, or if Mary says it's bad or good, if it makes you feel, that is the point. Unless you're on Planet Zippy. Unless you're on Planet Zippy, then you're, then, then, <laughs> then you're just on Planet Zippy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if it makes you feel, now you're talking turkey. And when... They show Lionel Brown just sitting there staring at Claire when she's in bed. Like, like I lo- it, it could have been anything else. It could have been him standing over her in the bed. It could have been him in the bed. It could have been, but no, he's sitting across the room. Like the representation of that mm-hmm. across the room sitting like, yes, there's like the, he doesn't have as much power over her as he did when he was standing over her in her face as she's mm-hmm. doing the surgery on, on, on Malva as she's dead on the, on the neck. Yeah. But he's still there. And yes, not as much power, but he's still there and he's not going away. Yep. Oh, I, I, again, I don't know how you could argue against this. I don't know. How. <laughs> well, because just like how people who oh. do have anxiety, depression, have good days and their family may be yes. like, yeah, you're all better. But they know, no, it's still here. It's just not in my face right now all right well let's before we continue with the rest of this episode let's uh let's thank uh our partners in uh in outlander cast ladies and gents burn supper's coming for us for it's, us it's a delayed burn supper yeah whatever sure stats rescheduled. yeah it's been rescheduled but the yeah in rhode island but it's coming and I, I know it might be a little too late to get the things that you need for the burn supper, but you know what you need what you need to do for next year is you need to prepare. Especially if you, if like you need a nice dress or you, your husband needs some like he needs to catch up on his Scotland stuff like I do. You got to go to scotlandshop.com. You go to scotlandshop.com, what they'll do is they will set up a virtual appointment for you. They'll take care of you as Mary drops stuff on our desk and they will guide you through all of your clan history or even if you just want a tartan because hey I love the Frasers and I just I think it's a cool thing and I want a Fraser kilt they will talk you through it they'll show you all the stuff that you need they will teach you all about all the different um, 
accessories that go along with it, you got to prepare. You want to make yourself look good, you go to scotlandshop.com and they have the personal service that will bring you all of the items that you need. I mean, Mary, Mary has all the stuff. She has she has experienced this greatness of scotlandshop.com. Oh, it's so awesome. And it's just so nice to know that the people who run the business are kind and just lovely folk. I mean, people, you know, frequently they'll they'll just shop in like these big box stores or some random online retailers, but like you don't know who that's impacting. And it's just so nice to have this really personalized experience. Yes. And you can tell the difference in the wares. Uh, huge, huge fan. Yeah, so go to scotlandshop.com. And by the way, by the way, you get a 15% discount thanks to Mary and I. Aww. Just use the coupon code Outlander at checkout. All right, Marvin. So we've spent a lot of time on the thing that I think matters. Well, that is most significant in this episode, which is Claire and and her emotional and her emotional well being. And of course, that I think is the emotional through line that the season is built upon. Agreed. Which, again, I love the fact that the that the the show has chosen to do this because Claire is not superhuman. She's not Wonder Woman. Like she's not, she's not a cyborg. <laughs> okay, she's got feelings, and she's got trauma, and she's got issues that any person on this planet would succumb to. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that I I played the scene at the at the top of our episode for a specific purpose because it shows you everything that she's gone through and what another brilliant choice by the show mm-hmm. to give us that. As it because it it all builds on each other. Yes, yeah. Lionel Brown is just the manifestation of it, but that gives us an avenue to everything else. I mean, yeah. like dating all the way back to Father Bain, right? Mm-hmm. Just a brilliant choice. On the other hand, we have some other things that are happening in this episode, like the Lizzie Thruple, and we have all the things that are happening with between uh, Roger and Bree. <sighs> Roger is going to go off to do this minister thing. And Bree is like, okay, yeah, well, you know, that's, that, that makes you happy. And you know, let's, let's do that. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about all this stuff? I'm excited for him. He's finding his calling and he wants to make it official and he loves to learn. And I love that Bree is there to um, encourage him on this journey that he's found something. So I'm here for that. I'm excited for the max. <sighs> Do you think that we should be spending this amount of time on that stuff? I don't think there was a lot of time spent on it. Fair enough. And I think that we've had a lot of time with Roger trying to find his place. So I appreciate that this storyline has happened here. Um, hmm, interesting. Thank you. Do you think there's a particular reason why? Well, again, you read the books, so you probably know. Do you think there's a particular reason why? Yeah, I, I'm finding it. Very convenient that they're leaving at this moment. Um, almost, it's the same way that it was convenient that Malva wasn't. I mean, uh, Marsley, Marsley wasn't, around. wasn't around for the Malva murder because you know it was going to be Mal- it was going to be her. Um, hmm. Is it is it like a thing that okay we don't have enough story for them for the rest of this season so they have to go away. I don't know, Blake. You're just going to have to see. There's one more episode left. Uh, fair. Fair. 
Uh, just I'm just wondering, you know. He gets to have his own journey finally. I'm proud of him. Uh, you know what? I will say that. I will I will give you that. Roger okay. finally has a journey of his own. Like we kind of got that in season four when he was off, you Think know, about as prisoner. How you felt when you've got your own new job. Felt really good, didn't it, Blake? It, yeah. <laughs> you, you continue to say that I'm Roger? Yep. It's okay. No problem. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> um what did you think? Uh, you know, there's there's another there's another quick thing that just happens in this in this episode. Ian discovers the sin eater, and it's like, hey guys, he's missing all these fingers. D- did what did you feel about that scene? And I love how Bree just casually, oh, that's where the fingers came from. <laughs> Once again, the purge is happening on the ridge, and nobody's really freaking out about it. That's the something that I find weird. What do you mean? That there's a murderer and a finger taker, possibly the same person, yeah. maybe different people, because we know it was Malva, but they yeah. don't know it was Malva. Right. And everybody's just like not acknowledging that. If this were me, if I were on the ridge, A, I'd be running away. <laughs> B, I'd be locking all the doors and shutters, not talking to anyone. I love how they're just like, oh, hey, people. Like, you can't trust anybody right now. It is yeah. like the perch, but again, and I, I and <laughs> which is why I wish there was just a little bit more mystery to it all. Like in terms of because there's su- there's such an opportunity for the show to say, okay, all these people are dying, and it's not that Claire would be responsible for the senator's death, but okay, all these people are dying around us. We have the like this the weird. The weird sickness that Tom Christie and Claire had all out of nowhere. Yeah. And then the Sin Eater dies and his fingers go missing. Mm-hmm. And then Malva shows up. She's dead. Yeah. I just... Yet we're talking about the Lizzie Thrumple. <laughs> right? So I, would it be fair to say that it, it would have been... I'm not here to write a better show. But would it be great to say, I wish there was more murder mystery to it? Or just a little bit more acknowledgement about we probably shouldn't be like, you know, outside of our locked house. Yeah, like <laughs> people should be more scared. People should be terrified. I right would now. be more scared. I mean, maybe the, maybe the people walking around feel pretty confident in their. I don't know, ninja but we got skills. we got we got the. Uh, I mean, the people who are dead weren't the strongest. Okay, uh, it was the Sinitor and Malva. So maybe everyone's just like whatever. Yeah. I'll just keep living my life. And who? What's the clown's name that was banging Malva? Uh, oh, Obadiah. Yeah. Obadiah. We got Crombie and Obadiah showing up on the doorstep and like judging, judging Claire and doing the whole thing. Like these people should be terrified. The city is dead. I'm gonna come cut you. Like they, a lot of them think it's Claire who's the murderer, and they're just showing up at her house. Right. Like these people should be horrified at what has happened. Malva just showed up. Ded. It's it's pretty wild. I don't know. Um, anyway, one other thing that I really loved about this episode, and this this is a subtle thing, because as Malva is talking about who assaulted her, she's saying it in terms that, yes, if you wanted to, you could apply it to Jamie. But she says things that were, she says someone that she was taken by someone 
and that that someone was supposed to be kind to her. Like, this is someone that she trusted. This was someone that she cared about. If you wanted to apply it to Jamie, you could. But you don't have to. And what I love about it is that she's probably telling the truth. It's just not about Jamie. I mean, think about what Frank said. The best way to lie is to say as much truth as you possibly can. It all comes back to Frank. Yeah. Oh, you know what, Mary? <laughs> You're welcome. Mary. You know what? I, that just gives I thought me. That, that would make you happy. It just gives me an excuse to 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 play some Whitney. Oh yes, Frank. It always comes back to Frank. It, it always comes back to the God. Always goes back to the Godfather. But in in this show, it always comes back to Frank. Um, I just. I think that she was assaulted by someone she knows, and it's either Alan or it's her father. Both gross. Both wicked gross. Because they ain't Obad- Obadiah, whatever. Who cares? He's 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 a clown. Um, and, and you know it ain't Jamie, so it's got to be the father. It's got to be Alan. That's it. That's what it comes down to. My Very money. My money is on Alan because he's that. What they've done is they've portrayed him as this kind of lackluster buffoon this entire season Mm. and they're going to try to switch that as a bait and switch at the end where it's like you thought this guy this kid was a clown the entire time oh no no no. he's actually the real big bad it ain't tom oh it's like the guy that was the clown and the murderer on netflix john whatever oh john wayne gacy there you go uh or like think of it like uh the usual suspects right um verbal kint you think that he's like this, you know, oh, by the way, hashtag wicked spoilers. Verbal Kint is like this know nothing and he's just this helpless little dude. Oh, no, 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 no. He's actually Kaiser Sose. It's like, so that's what I think is happening. Alan is actually Kaiser Sose. <laughs> that is my new shirt. Alan is Kaiser Sose. Okay. So that is that. Okay. <laughs> Mary's like, I, I don't know what you're one. talking about. Um. All right. You got an outlandish theory, Mary. No, I do not. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You know what? I do. Here we go. Let's do my outlandish theory. Mock me. Oh, no, that's the wrong one, Blake. Up and try again. Wrong one, Blake. All right. This outlandish theory is brought to you by WeBox. And of course, this we bo- this month's WeBox takes you to where it all began, ladies and gents. Five carefully curated gifts, many exclusive to just WeBox. And they celebrate all things Outlander and fall in love like the legendary characters Jamie and Claire with the romance and the mystery and the heritage of Scotland. Visit webox.co.uk and use the code Outlander and check out for an exclusive discount just again, again for Mary and myself, okay? And in this case, you want to get this month's Webox because it, there there is a replica of Claire's wedding ring. From Jamie. From Jamie. You don't want to miss out on this one. Because you know she has too. Webox is the best. The best. Like, we get it. We would never go without it because it's just amazing. Webox.co.uk. Go there. Use the coupon code Outlander for an exclusive discount just because Mary and I love you and we take care of we you. We do love you. Okay? So that's that. All right. Here is my outlandish theory. The Jabronis show up. And obviously, they're going to take Claire. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is going to go uh, just... 
he is going to just go full banana land, okay? And you thought like he went banana land when he was like kill them all in, in season five? Nope. He's going to burn it to the ground. He is because there is no way that he is going to allow the Browns once again to uh, take Claire. And he's going to, uh, I mean, oh, going to go to war. Going to go to war and burn, burn the Browns to the ground. And that is going to cause big trouble for Clan Fraser because once he, the the government of North Carolina finds finds out that the safety committee has been burned to the ground by some guy ooh gonna it's gonna bring some problems to the ridge that Jamie does not foresee very interesting Jamie oh, it keeps going no no Jamie is going to make a a, a poor choice in doing what he's going to do. Tauruses never make poor choices. I'm just, I'm throwing this out there. Joking. I'm throwing this out there. Jamie's going to make a poor choice. Oh. One that he thinks, it's an emotional choice. Okay. One that he he's, has been looking out for the best for his residents at the Ridge. Mm-hmm. At this point, he ain't going to care. Interesting, Blake. He, he's just going to burn we it to the ground. collectively say, interesting. <laughs> so that is that. Ladies and gents, that is the end of our podcast. It truly is. Okay, so you ready to close it out? I am. Let's do it. <clears throat> By the way, the the phrase that I was looking for, as if you could not tell that I was cert- I was racking my brain for the phrase, was scorched earth. Jamie's gonna go scorched earth. Oh, that's okay. what I was thinking of. Nice. So, uh, so that's that. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. I just wanted to point that out. My energy level just plummeted. I could see it in your Holy eyes. Holy smokes! <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, I'm still lacking, friends. I'm still, still, I still got, uh, still got the ickiness. Stick it on in. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for those of you who are members at jointhenerdclan.com. Really, really happy to have you here. And we are excited to enjoy the finale with you. Now, I will tell you that in years past, we've had in-person finale parties. And last season, we had a big virtual party. Um, and Blake and I, after talking about this a great deal, we will not be having a big virtual party. Yeah. And that is because... I cannot gauge how I'm going to be feeling with my long COVID at the time. (laughs) As I just literally like crashed right now. Um, There are some days and some nights where I am in a lot of pain. And then there's other times where I've got bursts of energy. So we do plan on going live about the episode. We hope to go live about the episode on that Monday night following the season finale. Yes. Make sure that you're on our complimentary text thread. It is the phone number 81010 with the message field at the at symbol at Clan Fraser. You'll get a text so we can let you know when we are going to be going live, if we are indeed going live that night or if we need to do it at a different time. Um, and we hope to do some fun things during that live, but it will not be all the bells and whistles that we were able to accomplish last season just because I have been sick. Yeah, it just there's just no way we could. I, I don't want to promise something and then have it not be able to be done. You know, that, that's okay. just what it comes down to. And okay. I, I don't want to disappoint you, the listeners. I don't want to disappoint the viewers. I just and I and as a, a husband, a good, caring, loving husband, I got to take care of my wife and I'm not going to put her, on, her under the pressure where she has to deliver when she can't. 
So it's just not going to happen, ladies and gents. I'm sorry. Next year, hopefully, we well, no, next year we we'll, we will take care of all the things. Hopefully, if the the long panorama is gone, that's what I'm hoping well, for. And the long the COVID, COVID is gone. Long COVID clinic starting next month, so I'm so excited. While we do, while we do apologize for not being able to do the big production, I don't apologize that much because I got to take care of my bride. They they understand. I'm I'm, I'm sure that they <laughs> all right, do. Hey everybody. <laughs> On that note, my name is Mary. My name is. Blake. And you have been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>